Welcome to another episode of Them Aspergers. Hello! Uh, yeah, new episode coming up, happening, it's going down. <laughs> right now. Yeah, we, right uh, sorry for the new episode last week. We did record an episode, but then I'm not sure what happened to it. My phone did not save huge chunks of it. It's uh, the lost episodes. It's yeah. like Dad's Army season two. I mean... Not everyone's going to know what that is, but fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> it's always with the Dad's Army. I'm sorry, I love Dad's Army. <laughs> what a show. Yeah, so uh, yeah, like I say, it recorded and then it didn't really... Uh... I don't know what it did. It's done this before. It kind of just... I think I was trying to edit part of it and I just cut a huge chunk out of it. And uh, we, it's because we don't like script this, and because it's not planned what we're going to talk about. It's the topic is, but not what we're going to say. Uh, we've tried it before, I think, where we recorded an episode and then tried to record it again. And I'm just, you know, <laughs> so can I try talking about it again? I'm just like, no. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what you do. Yeah, it's weird because, like, obviously, like being on the spectrum, I will happily talk about the same things. Over and over again with everyone, anyone that will listen, if it's one of my obsessive things, I'll explain the same things. I mean, you've had conversations with me where you know you've definitely had that conversation with yep. me before and I've explained something to you before. You know, and sometimes you're just like, yeah, you've already told me this. Or sometimes you'll just let me say it again. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, uh, yeah, certain stuff I can't say again. Like weird thing about me that's like a, it's, I, I, it's definitely an autistic trait is I don't like saying the same thing three times so like if somebody says to me I say like oh yeah can you grab that for me and they're like what and I'm like can you grab that for me and then you know they ask me again I'm just like no I'm not saying it again and I'll just go get it myself or I just won't repeat it I can't repeat anything three times and it, I kind of got those vibes if uh, we try to re-record the episode so yeah. we're just doing a different one we've just missed a week out but obviously there's loads of crazy stuff going on at the moment now in the world yes there is that uh, is correct Obviously, there's a lot of people that are like doing the social distancing now and the self-isolating, which is I mean, it's disruptive for, I suppose, people. It's, it's not disruptive for people on the spectrum, I suppose, because we are, I suppose, we're better at the social distancing, I suppose. And for a lot of us, that's almost like a good thing that it's happening, that people are staying like a distance away from us uh, and don't want to socially interact with us or, you know, yeah. physical contact and that kind of thing. There's a benefit there. And self-isolation, I mean, like, we're going to do an episode on loneliness at some point, and I wanted to do an episode on loneliness, but I know there's a lot of people out there that are worried um, about what's going on, so I feel like doing an episode on loneliness now wouldn't be too much of a good idea, because obviously if you are self-isolating and then we're doing an episode about how, um, you know, burgers, if they feel lonely or don't feel lonely, you know, and you're one of the burgers that can feel lonely... It might just make it worse. Yeah. To like the <laughs> specifications of it. Because obviously there's there's burgers out there that never feel lonely at all. I'm one of them. Um, like I've never felt lonely like ever. Yeah. But, you know, even when I've spent like prolonged periods of time on my own, I don't feel lonely. I think you're the same. Yeah. But obviously there are others out there that do. Um, so, you know, there's, there's reasons. I'm I'm not going into them because, like I say, if I point them out, there have been times where I've, we've said stuff on our episodes and then it's been pointed out. And then somebody's listened to it and thought, I do do that. And then that's all they think about. So like, I'm leaving it alone for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with all that stuff going on, I mean, for us, it's a bit disruptive what's happening at the moment, mainly for 
all the people that are like stockpiling stuff because me and you have set things we buy every week from the supermarket. Yeah. And obviously me and you had a bit of a what if we can't get the things we normally get because we yeah. eat the same things every day. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of the things we eat every day is rice. And, rice. <laughs> and so me and you have been a bit like, what are we going to do about rice when we run out? We haven't run out yet, but like, and obviously it'll probably be in and stuff. But so we've had that because that's like kind of disruptive to the routine yeah. of what we want to do, uh, you know, and the way we do things. But I feel like that's it, really. I've I've tried not to look too much into the whole uh, COVID-19 thing, because obviously I used to have really bad health anxiety in general. So like every time I have a, I mean, I said before, not now, but like in the past when I used to have a cough, I used to think it was like some sort of cancer starting. Yeah. Uh, and I used to, I got into a bad habit of obsessively going to the GP like every other week. What about this? What about that? I'd go in with like a list of things that were wrong with me. Uh, and obviously my ex used to, she, well, she used to, my ex is a paramedic. So when I was, I used to be like, what about this? What about that? Is this normal? Should this look like that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I used to do all that. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I don't have that anymore. My health anxiety has pretty much disappeared. Um, like I used to have, I've, I've moved in and out of my obsessive anxieties about stuff. I used to have a money one at one point as well. But so like, I'm glad that I don't have that now, but like, I don't want to trigger that as well. So I've kind of just not been paying attention to, a lot of things like uh, everyone that you know listens to this or has listened to this regularly you know I've got Twitter I follow like every politician you can think of on Twitter from no matter where they're from if I've heard of them or I hear their name mentioned anywhere I follow them you know yeah despite of which political party they represent uh, but like Twitter at the moment is just full of this so I've just deleted Twitter for now yeah I think um, I think it's sort of probably one of two ways for people on the spectrum well burgers um with this i feel like you're either in the extremely scared yeah um which is understandable not only like it's the the little things like we had with the supermarkets there's like little things like that will i not be able to get my food but then there's also the fear of the unknown because it's an unknown unprecedented sort of situation and it's also you don't know how long it's going to go on for you don't know what's going to happen off the back of it at the end it's it's very up in the air it's a a lot of confusion so I think there is that element of fear but then there is this interesting element of this self-isolation this so for me for example I'm going to be um well I am working from home so I'm not going into the office which a little bit messed with me in that it's a change. I have a routine. I walk to work. I do a set thing on my lunch where I walk through to have my lunch and then I walk home from work. So I have that routine in place. But then equally for me, it means that I don't have to deal with people at all because I just have to work from home. I can put new routines in place. And it, it is interesting that I will have less of the social interaction well, virtually no social interaction now. Um, and in some ways that's good. In some ways it might be bad, I suppose, because maybe having social in- interaction is what helps me mask or deal with things. It might be even harder to come out of that once I've gone, you know, working from home for however many weeks, potentially months, to then go back into the social world might be quite difficult. But it does in some ways, I suppose, have benefits for people on the spectrum because this new way of living is almost kind of how 
if I could, I would choose to live, I suppose. Yeah, you were worried about working from home in the sense of you might prefer it. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, once it's done with, you'll go back to work uh, and then you'll be like, actually, I prefer it the old way. Yeah. So you've got that. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And it is it is interesting that it's almost like the, the things that are being put in place are almost things that burgers do not all burgers but a lot of burgers would prefer so things like working from home things like not using public transport things like not touching um people and you know having less interaction no big social gatherings you know it's almost like takes a bit of the pressure off like I don't have to worry about being invited to a works evening where we're going out for a meal and things because we're not even having like meetings at work because we can't do the group gatherings so it's um yeah it it's a strange situation to be in because I think you're you could be on the particularly panic side and worried side or you could be on the almost enjoying the pressure that's I suppose been taken off yeah I suppose it depends on how your burgers yeah. works for you I suppose whether how you're seeing this uh, yeah definitely. like from what I'm seeing on Facebook uh, and the Asperger groups I'm part of uh well I'm not part of like I make them like I'm a member of uh, there's loads of people saying that they are really liking it uh, and it's kind of like the world's becoming more autistic friendly. Yeah. Uh, and then there's others that are just, I'm not sure about this, like, because it's, like you say, the unknown. Um, I mean, nothing's really changing for me. I still have to go to work because I work in retail. So, uh, and we aren't one of the ones that are like affected because uh, obviously I work in, I sell like games and consoles and technology and mm. that kind of thing everyone's kind of stocking up on that at the moment because they think that they won't be able to go outside so they're you know buying movies and computer consoles and that kind of thing so I'm still working what is going to be quite interesting I suppose for you um and it's it's not uh coronavirus related so I know it's a bit off topic but this week you are starting to do different hours so you've had a set shift pattern for a year now over a year yeah of doing um well I suppose it it changed but for quite a while now you've been doing eight o'clock till four o'clock yeah um consistently every day Monday to Friday you are now changing so Monday to Friday you will be doing quarter to ten till quarter to six yeah so that'll be interesting we'll talk about it I suppose next week because we're not sure how that'll be but is there any worry in you the thing is with me is I, it's like when routines change for me, like obviously everybody that I work with knows I'm autistic. Well, not everybody, but um, the people that are in charge know I'm autistic. So they did this thing where they told me early that everything, the hours were going to change. Yeah. Uh, that the store was opening later and closing earlier. And they told me early. And, you know, I, when I was management for the same people, I had to go to another store and talk to a, they had an autistic uh, well, somebody that has had Asperger's in their place, and I had to have the meet, had a meeting with them and a wellness meeting to see how they're doing. And I talked to them about their autism, and you know, I got, I found out how it happened, you know, like how it works for them. We did a risk assessment, and one of the things that he needed was to be told early if there was going to be changes to the like his work patterns and that kind of thing. Uh, and the store wasn't doing it; cause they didn't realize they had to. And he said that would be good for him, so I got that in place. And it did make me think at the time, if that ever happens for me, or if our 
workplace ever changed anything I'd want to know early as well but this it's one of those things where I hear an autistic trait and just think yeah that's probably a good thing for me as well yeah but in this case um when my uh manager told me that the hours were changing I kind of just was like uh yeah sure I mean I don't care but um I think with me I don't realize that a change in routine is going to affect me until after it starts happening and then I start noticing weird behaviors I'm doing and I'm never really one that's like present in my own actions so I'll be doing weird stuff and not figuring out why I'm behaving weird I'll just be like that's uh, doing like I don't notice that I'm either behaving weird or I do know I'm being weird but I can't figure out why Uh, and it could be something as little as um, you know just that the hours have changed you're going to be uh, here so when I leave you'll still be here mm-hmm. uh, when normally you just leave and then I leave and then whatever but uh, you know so you're going to be about I won't be meeting you from work like I usually do so there's yeah. going to be those changes as well um, but yeah with me I can't predict what's going to happen with me I'll either the trouble is is some stuff I just take no problem just get on with it not a problem and then some stuff it's a huge issue and I didn't I don't understand why it's it's an odd thing I can't predict for myself how my burgers is gonna behave until we see really i can try and guess it but i don't have like a you know like how you've got like a fear of the unknown yes Um, i do i don't really have that like when things change i don't have a fear of what's going to happen uh i've I've never had that Uh, you know not knowing has never been a problem for me it's just uh, I don't deal with it until we're dealing with it, I suppose. But yeah. I'm, if I don't know how I'm going to be or I don't know how something's going to work out, I don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of what I've been doing with everything that's been going on lately. Yeah. You've been asking me stuff and I've just been like, yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah. So this week's episode was an episode we were going to do, I actually think not, obviously not last week, but the week before that. I can't remember yeah. the episode we did two weeks ago. But it was supposed to be that one. Remember after we finished recording, I was like, oh, wait, we were supposed to do this, this episode. So we were going to talk about gender this week. Um, Like I say, I did toy with the idea of doing a COVID-19 themed podcast, but I figured like everything's talking about that. You know, if you are listening to this now and you're, you know, doing something against your routine and listening to our podcast is part of your routine, I figured we should just, you know, keep it. Keep it to what we normally talk about. Yeah. Not do anything weird because obviously a lot of people listen to us as part of their routine. And if your routine's been massively disrupted because of this, the last thing you want is to listen to us talking about the thing that's messing up your routine. Yeah. I mean, if it's something that people do want us to talk about, we can do an episode on it. But we might wait a little bit because I think it's so sort of fresh. I mean, especially in the UK, it is at the moment. It might be different where you are. But in the UK in particular, you know, the schools have just shut literally like i mean they haven't it will be the first sort of day off the day you're listening to this monday will be the first sort of day off for school so it's very much like things have just really taken the i guess the ultimate thing at the moment of changing so we might wait a little bit at least because i imagine there are a lot of disruptions in burger routines and yeah you probably if this is some form of escape (laughs) for you you probably don't want to hear about it like an hour-long episode of us talking about it so yeah yeah so we'll but let it. us know if you yeah if want you it. want us yeah if you want our perspective on it or you want us to talk about it in a way because uh, well, yeah we can we can uh i'm not it's not something that's difficult for me to talk about at all uh i'm not like it's not having like a too much of a thing on me that i'm just like oh no no you know yeah. i don't want to talk about that 
So yeah, we will. Um, but like I say, this week is gender. Gender. We've done an episode on gender before. It was like over a year ago now that we did one. Uh, I haven't listened to it back, so I'm not actually sure what we talked about in that one. I'm yeah. assuming that. I mean, like I said, I have no idea. We just did an episode on gender, but this one will be either similar, um, but it won't be the same, or it'll be completely different because we did gender in a different way. But the thing we wanted to talk about today was something that was highlighted on our Facebook page mainly. We have noticed that, like, obviously there's this whole thing uh, where people do Team Scarlet and Team Nikki, and, like, we normally do an episode, talk about how we feel about whatever the episode topic is. I express my opinion and, like, how I feel and how I feel like it affects me, and you do the same, and then people listen to it and go, I'm more like Scarlet or I'm more like Nikki, and they say, oh, I'm Team Nikki or Team Scarlet. And I've noticed that with me like more of the i suppose female uh listeners of this podcast uh associate themselves with me more um than the male listeners of this podcast and i think vice versa for you yeah um so it was interesting and then we had we had a look we've had a look at some of the male female or the typical male female Asperger traits and we've noticed that I actually have more of the female ones than the male ones and you have more in fact most of my traits that are my social traits are almost all the female ones yeah I actually don't carry many of the male ones at all if any I did look at the male ones and I couldn't see any that I thought yeah I do that but the female ones I was just like yeah I do that one and that one and that one so um that's just more interesting I don't know if it proves anything I don't know if it means anything I'm not saying like that the research is wrong because I'm male and carry the female ones because obviously um, one of the things and I think we did mention this in the previous gender episode is that I don't really see gender anyway. So like it's been something that I've never really done. I'm aware of it. Like I know what it is. Like I know that there's male and there's female. But for me, like my entire life growing up, I don't see people as their gender. So I've, I've never done that. I've never associated someone male. Or I don't look at them and think, well, they're male and this kind of thing. It's it's one of the, it's one of those things that I'll think of if somebody says, you know, uh, were they male or female? You know, then I'm like, okay, uh, male, you know, like judging by what I've guessed. Yeah. But it's not something that I associate to people. I don't treat people differently because of gender. Um, it's, it's something I've never done uh, because I don't really think about it. It's not a construct that I particularly like follow I suppose and I don't know if that because of that that's why I don't carry the traditionally male ones but I don't really know how with Asperger's how it works anyway in that sense I'm not sure if you are you know if it's the nature nurture thing do you carry a lot of the male Asperger traits because you're born male your parents raise you as a male and then when your autism develops as you grow up it develops you know towards a male upbringing and then if you're female, it works that way. Or is it literally a case of because you're male and born male and you have the male chromosomes or whatever, that makes you have male traits? Yeah. Um, which I think it's, for me, I think it's more of the nurture thing. I'm not saying that my parents raised me as a female or anything like that. Or they tra- you know, treated me in a way that means I was more feminine. But I never had the p- traditionally male... Do you know what I mean like stereotypes forced on me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean like my 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 dad like my mom like they never like 
I mean, you've got to like football, you know, you've got to wear blue all the time. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, like, they never did any of that traditionally laddie stuff with me. They just let me be me, you know. Um, and I know with you, we talked about it the other day when we were out on a run that you're, you were born, like you're, you were born, there's quite a big age gap between you and your next sibling. So, the, yeah. you know, like there's... Seven years. Seven years, you know, your other two sisters are quite girly. Um, yeah. You know, like they are quite like that. Uh, and then... I think you were born and Jeremy you know I mean? like I was trying to, I was trying to speculate whether or not your dad had always wanted a boy you know <laughs> because he's always had girls and so like they had you and you you know showed more of an interest towards football and sports and things like that so your dad was just like well you know I never had a son but Scarlet's up for this kind of thing yeah. so like you started doing like more masculine activities um you know yeah and then that's you've developed like you've developed like male traits then obviously you're autistic so then you developed the male autistic traits like I don't really understand the science behind it but and I'm trying to guess if that's why like for me like I say I wasn't forced to you know participate in traditional male activities and I kind of just did my own thing and some of the things I like to do like as a kid is I used to like to I used to like to dress up a lot, you know. I used yeah. to like to get into fancy dress and be other people. So, you know, I remember being a kid and I used to wear certain items and then, you know, tell you know my mom, I'm this person today. You know, I had a different name. Yeah. A different, and then different characteristics of each one. They all had different personalities. They all had different things they do. I remember one of them being this weird, I had this weird like waistcoat that had like, you know, the, the tassels. Oh, yeah. Not the tassels on the back. And then when I wore that, I think I said my name was something like Buster. And I was like this weird, like, cowboy, like, thing. <laughs> and then I had other outfits, but I don't remember them. Uh, you know, and I used to, like, Batman costumes. And I remember, like, they're having a Thunderbird costume. And every time I put them on, I was no longer Nikki. I was whatever the costume was. Some were, like, actual ones that I bought. And then I was that person I saw from the thing I watched. Like a Ghostbuster yeah. or something like that. But then sometimes I just find various clothes around the house. Sometimes it was like my parents' clothes or sometimes it was like a friend's clothes. And when I put them on, I made a different person. Yeah. Uh, and that explains a lot of like my masking now uh, that I do, um, which traditionally we looked at is more of a female Asperger trait. Yeah. Is the whole masking, pretending you're someone else. To fit in and pretending that you're an extrovert and that you do stuff. Like, I've been involved in a lot of things. I've been involved in a lot of group activities, you know, going out, parties. Um, do you know, like, when the thing I did for telly, um, <laughs> going to uh, involve myself in, like, after-school activities, being in, like, bands. Things that traditionally what I've looked at for the male traits are things that males don't necessarily do because they're they're fine not fitting in. Yeah. And they're fine not having friends. And, you know, they're fine not... Um, not socialising as much. Yeah. Uh, and so... But I used to socialise constantly. I always had friends. Like I say, I... Do you know I mean like internally I didn't need them? It's not like I needed friends. I just thought I'd better have them because you know that otherwise people will notice I haven't got them. So I used to make myself have them, uh, and you know I used to make myself do loads of things and involve myself in activities. I didn't want to like school plays. School plays would come up and I'd be like I don't want to be in it, but then I'd be like Oh me, you know I'll be in it, uh, you know and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you know pretending to be something I'm not, and it turns out that that particular 
type of activity and someone that's autistic is more female, I suppose. Yeah, um, we so we did like a brief bit of reading before this and obviously like everything we're saying is based heavily on stereotypes. We're not trying to stereotype, but we're taking it from the research that has been sort of stereotyped. Like we're obviously not... Uh, we're not trying to suggest that there is a set way to be male, female. And no. we're, we're using those terms of male and female more as sort of masculine and feminine. Um, in terms of traits, it's not in any way to like specify gender. No. I mean, I, I, I feel like we shouldn't have to say it, but like, do you know what I mean? I just don't want to offend anyone is not trying to put anyone into a particular box. Or yeah, this is literally suggest. just the words in the research that we looked at that what they yeah. were using. Like one of the studies was just saying female traits and male traits. So yeah. this, this is based on like uh, psychological research into autism. Yeah. Um, it's not particularly, I'm not saying like if you're female, these are the traits you will have. Yeah. And if you're male, these are the traits. It doesn't like, because I mean like obviously the whole topic is sort of, I'm saying that I have a lot, yeah. if not all my social traits especially, are all female, or what is listed by the research we've looked at are all female ones, and I seem to have mostly. I, in fact, like I said, I couldn't I couldn't find any male ones that I had. Um, like, I looked at, like, organised and regimented play as a child, so with toys. Apparently, boys, a more common trait is to be more regimented with the way they play, you know, like, you know, people like line stuff up or have things organized or like, you know, they have like color, um, doing like everything in color order and everything is what it is and everything has a certain place. And like a more female play trait is to have like dolls and figures and that kind of thing, but they've all got personalities and they've all got like names and not necessarily the ones that were given to them. Cause sometimes like toy boxes have a, this is this and this is their background and that kind of thing. And I know that when I was a kid, when I used to play with stuff, everything had its own personality and they all had their own names. And even though I use the names that were given, if they were given names, and if they weren't, I gave them their own names, but everybody had a story as to who they were and where they were from. And, you know, if one was missing a leg, I didn't stop playing with it. I just wrote into the whole storyline that something has happened and they've lost their leg now. Um, Specifically, one of the things I remember I did was I used to have this robot figure and I used to have this other toy that I lost. So this other toy I lost, I threw it into a... I didn't throw it. I threw it into a field next door to my house by mistake. I was messing about with it and lost it into the field next door. And then I went to look for it and couldn't find it. Okay. And then this, like, tractor came and mowed the whole lawn. I just thought, well, it's gone. But then I got this robot figure a bit later on but I really missed the toy that had gone, that had got like smashed up. Like it was one of my favorites and I couldn't figure out, I never got it back. So what I did is I pretended because that person had a, like a bit in the other toys. They all got along with each other. They all had the same thing. I pretended like his soul, as it were, had somehow been caught by one of the other figures I had and they'd moved it into the robot and the robot now carried the soul of this toy. And then that robot became that toy. Okay. And that's what I did with that kind of thing. And that's like the kind of like in-depth, detailed thing that I had with all my toys. Yeah. But apparently stuff like that, according to this uh, thing, is, is definitely more of a female thing. And boys didn't really do that with their toys, you know. Yeah. It was a more of a, a thing. So, it's, yeah, it's just another little thing that I uh, noticed. But, yeah, what I mean, like, really, like, what about you? Like, like we said, I've just kind of gone like about me and my things like I say you were, you were raised like sort of not raised male but you you definitely said that you had more of like a what's considered like a tomboy like lifestyle or energy about you yeah I think I was probably 
yeah, I guess that's the term, more of a tomboy. Not always and not with everything. Like, I, I wasn't so, like, tomboy that I guess it was super obvious or apparent. It's just, like, with me, when I played with toys, it was very regimented. And I used to sort of have, like, a set scenario that I would play. And then the next day, I'd play the same thing again. It didn't really change. I had a set way of doing things like Lego I used to play with Lego but I just used to build the same sort of house again and again and again I didn't change it up or try to be different I just sort of yeah I was very repetitive with all of my toys that I played with I just did the same things with them again and again I didn't really do the backstories or things like that um which is one of the things that we read to play sort of more regimented is more typically male, I suppose, in traits. Um, I thought one of the things that we read that was quite interesting um, and I suppose links more with uh, me and you um, with the way we are is... Uh, oh, and now I've lost it in my head. <laughs> um, so so one of the things that uh, you sort of were talking about uh, when you were saying that becoming more, appearing more as an extrovert. Um, so what we read was that um, with females, it's more common to mask and to pick up on other people's behaviours and sort of adjust yourself accordingly to that behaviour. But with... Um, feminine traits are more common with doing things to make it appear as though you're an extrovert even though you may not be um which is what you were talking about where you did things that would make you appear as though you were an extrovert whereas I never had that need in me I've never so I do mask and I definitely did when I was younger as well but not to the same extent I would mask to try and make myself appear you know like in quotes normal mm. uh, I suppose what I mean by that now is NT, but at the time, I think in my head, I was like, this is how I appear normal, yeah. not knowing that uh, I was on the spectrum. So I, I would do that, but only kind of like the base level. And it wasn't even necessarily to appear to fit in. It was just a, to appear enough to blend in so that I was unnoticeable, so that nothing about me stood out, so nobody would recognize anything about me at all. And that was what I did, just sort of enough to get by. But really, if you started speaking to me, I'd probably be a bit of a weirdo, I suppose. That if you talk to me, I will just talk about whatever I want to talk about. I would just make it so that you didn't really want to talk to me because I just blended in and I was just, I don't know, like that person. I didn't stick out like a sore thumb as the weird kid, although I... I probably did actually in hindsight, but in my head, I didn't stick out that much that it, nobody wanted to be my friend, you know, like you weren't looking at me like that's the person that I want to be friends with. And I didn't really have any friends. I didn't make an effort to have friends. I didn't make an effort to socialize. If I was socializing, it would more be, you know, like I felt like a lot of my friends, it was more just because my parents were friends with their parents yeah so there was a lot of that like my parents would be speaking to their friends and they'd be like oh they should do a sleepover so you know they can have a break from me for a bit their friends can have a break from their child for a bit so it was more like that sort of forced interaction there 
but I don't think I really went out of my way to mask or fit in or make it seem like I'm an extrovert, make it seem like I had friends. And this is what we've read has been considered more of a masculine trait to, I suppose, just make less of an effort to mask. Whereas like with you even now, a lot of what you do is about masking and appearing NT. For me, that's never been a high, high priority. Like I say, I've done it a little bit. I do it. It's not like I don't do it at all. I do mask, but it's not to the same extent. So with me, I will put on clothes that are comfortable. I've, we've spoken about this before, but again, it's linked to the masculine and feminine traits. I'll put on clothes that are comfortable and I don't care what I look like. I don't make an effort really with like my hair. I don't wear makeup because it's uncomfortable. So I will if I'm going to a big event. I did for your brother's wedding. Yeah. That was the last time I wore makeup. So I don't know how long ago that was now. At least six months, I would say. Yeah, it's probably longer than that. Probably longer than that. That was the last time that I did like a makeup. <laughs> so I probably wear makeup maybe once a year for an event. Um, but... I, I don't wear it day to day because I don't find it comfortable. I don't wear um, clothes that I find uncomfortable. I don't really care what I look like. No. Whereas with you, yeah, you do. Like, you care what you look like a lot and how you present and what you're, what you're wearing, how your hair is, you know, yeah. does everything match. Yeah. And this is considered quite typically a feminine behaviour is to be... I don't want to use the word obsessive because I that makes it sound unhealthy and I don't think it is, but it's a particular care. Sometimes we'll be sat about and it'll be like, oh, we'll just pop to the shops. The shop, like our supermarket near us, is less than five minutes away, like walking, maybe a two-minute, three-minute walk. Yeah, about that. So to pop to the shops is a really quick thing. We're not going to see anyone. It doesn't matter. So I'll go in my pyjamas. But if you want to go, there has to be an outfit. And it can't just be like a thrown-on outfit. It still has to match. You still want to make sure that you're looking Yeah, I mean, a yeah. particular way. Yeah, it's the same. Like all my stuff has to match or go. Uh, I have to have like a certain feeling. Uh, yeah. You've seen me get changed like three or four times before we've gone out because I can't decide on what goes together. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have very different types of glasses uh, that I wear to obviously to see, but they all <laughs> they're all different, and I wear certain ones depending on what I'm wearing, so they go with that. Uh, I noticed it the other day with I've got two reusable coffee cups that are different colors. One's black and blue, and one's white and green. I'll take a different one to work depending on what I'm wearing, so it'll match <laughs> what I'm wearing better depending on what it is. I won't wear, um, I won't take the wrong one. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that's that's me. That's how I am all the time. It's it's how I've always been. You know, I get my hair cut like every month um, because I need to. Um, yeah. And that's just that's just I, it's how I need to be to go out. I can't just go out. Yeah. In anything. Uh, I've never been able to do that. If I do go out in anything in the weird occasions where that's happened and it's like a rare thing for it to happen, I will... Yeah, I'll be weird. I'll feel uncomfortable. I won't feel right. And I'm really distracted. Um, you know, we went to an event where I had to wear a suit recently and I don't wear suits. Uh, I've never really been a fan of suits. And yeah, the whole time I was just like, I don't like what I'm wearing. Like all the way through it. So yeah. 
uh, which made me quite noticeably distracted, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not a fan of wearing them uh, in general. I kept looking at other people's suits and then comparing them to mine and did mine fit better? Did mine fit worse? What do I look like? Uh, I got really like weird about it because I don't normally wear them. But the second I was out of it, I was fine. Um, you know, I think once I got the tie off and the jacket off, I was a bit more relaxed, yeah. you know, so it's it's how I am. It's how I've always been. Uh, and yeah, like you say, it's like the way you look and caring a lot about your appearance is one of the, I suppose, traditional female traits. It's one of the first ones I'd ever heard of about female um, burgers in general is the appearance thing. It's a big thing for females more for a lot of not like all of them but for a lot of female burgers it's quite a big one and it's quite important to them on their appearance more so because you know there's a lot of people that are nt that care about their appearance um but for burgers it's it's more intense i suppose yeah. that need to look a certain way you know it's why I, i'm always buying clothes um i haven't bought any in ages actually i've been trying not to uh because i i've got too many I keep ending up having to give away like bin bags of them to charity yeah. shops. But I'm always buying like new stuff. And it's always because some days I'll get ready in the morning. I won't know what I'm going to wear. I'm going through everything I've got. I, I don't get like a feeling from anything that's in my wardrobe that I think will be today's outfit. And then what happens is I think it's because I haven't got enough clothes or I haven't got the right amount of clothes. And, you know, when I have days where I can't find the thing I want to wear that day, or I'll have gone to work or out in an outfit that I thought was the right outfit for the day and then halfway through I'm not sure about it. They're the times where suddenly I'm finding myself on like clothes websites looking at clothes because I think that I haven't got the right ones anymore. Um, yeah. But then when I have like a string of days together where I'm thinking like all these outfits are fine, uh, on those days I don't look at clothes. I haven't looked at clothes in ages because uh i've been able to like rotate my outfits a bit better lately so uh it's been fine um but yeah it's it's a big it's a big thing of mine that i've always had i've always carried it and i don't know if it is because of like i say like when i was a kid and i used to dress up and be different people i don't know if it's because i'm deciding on how i'm going to be that day and therefore i must have the outfit that will um you know go with that day i suppose yeah yeah, it's uh, it is interesting, and uh, I, I guess a, a story that I was gonna say that relates to that is when we used to work together. You wore this jumper to work, and Emily came in to see you, and then a couple of weeks later she came in again, and you were wearing the same jumper on that day. It had been like two weeks. But then after that, you wouldn't wear that jumper again until Emily had come in again and seen you in a different outfit. So she knew that you didn't wear the same outfit every day and then you could wear it again. But I think that's just an example because it's not like a, it's not like Emily would have cared. You know, she's not going to judge you. No, I mean, we used to live together. So yeah. she knows how many clothes I have. Yes. And I have various different outfits. So, and also she, like, she wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a problem. But I, I think it's just an example of how your brain was almost obsessing over it. Um, and you wouldn't wear that jumper again until you'd, you know, had it confirmed that she had seen you in a different outfit just for your own sort of peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I think another one that we were going to, talk about in terms of 
traits that are more typically masculine and feminine um for me i am really i suppose really logical in my thinking i don't know if that's the right way to say it. i'm very into numbers and i, I suppose sort of puzzles uh numbers puzzles sciencey things and things just fitting together perfectly and making sense and you know like I'll do math sums for fun I enjoy anything like that um and again like I'm not saying that it's all masculine like men males I suppose that are into that and females or feminine peoples are not but it's just more typical from what I've seen that that's considered a masculine trait to be the numbers orientated and the logic um whereas you you are a lot more creative you have creativity that i do not have and can't have like i have tried but i just don't have it um and it is considered a more feminine trait to be creative better at like you can write stuff um creatively you can do art um and the, just the way your brain works, kind of like what you were saying with toys, where you'd create a backstory. You do this with with anything. Um, you are very creative. You can come up with elaborate stories. Um, I just can't do that. I'm very logical, and if things can add together perfectly and make sense, that's that's brilliant, and I like that. If there is a... When you have to come up with a story, there is no right and wrong, and I just can't deal with that. I don't know where to go because it, there's no one answer um I also don't like the fact with stories that you can change them you can have a story and then like halfway through you can change your mind I don't like that that messes with me I don't like to change my mind halfway through if I've decided from the start what something's going to be it can't just change because that's not how I like planned it everything for me just has to be quite structured and rigid and work <laughs> yeah and I don't like there not being, uh, I suppose, a complete answer. It really does mess with me. Um, but I suppose on the flip side of that, you don't particularly like numbers. Um, no. And and the kind of logic-y things that I quite like doing, you are not as into because I think you prefer the creativity. Um which again is more sort of feminine trait, but yeah, would you sort of agree with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't like maths, no. uh, and I don't particularly like we do um, like we've done. You bought a book of crosswords. I was helping you with that. Uh, I don't. You know, like I, we you do Sudoku's. I don't like them at all, <laughs> and I, I think. Yeah, I don't, I mean, the reason, like, crosswords are fine, like, we've been doing them, but I only like them if I can get the answer straight away. When you say it, if the answer doesn't come to me straight away, I don't like it. Like, I immediately don't like that I didn't think of it straight away. Um, And the fact that there is a definitive answer, and I can't work it out what it is, that annoys me. Uh, yeah. And I find that irritating. It's the same with maths. With maths, I'm fine with sums that I know the answer to straight away. But if you've got to work it out, I don't want to because I know there's a set answer that it's going to be at the end of it. And I'm not like because I can't I, I don't know what that is. 
I don't, I don't know. There's a weird thing about it where I don't like the rigidness of it. Um, whereas obviously like with creative stuff, when I do my writing, uh, it can be anything. Um, do you know what I mean? Like when I talk to people about stuff or tell people stuff that's happening, whether it's true or false, I like that I'm in control and I can decide where that's going. Yeah. And even if I'm not sure, like at the moment I am writing a book and I have no idea how it's going to end. I've kind of got the idea, I've got the start of it, but I'm not particularly bothered about the fact that I can't figure out how it ends. I know that as I write it, I'll work it out cool. as, I, as I go along. Uh, things will make sense. Like I'm thinking of new stuff for it all the time that I didn't think of initially. It's just from writing it down. I just think, oh, this could happen or I could go this way. You know, and it's the same with like the paintings I've done. Most of the time when I start painting them, I don't know what it's going to be. When I start painting it, I don't, yeah. I don't think like, oh, uh, I'm going to do this. This is what the painting is going to be. I, my paintings, if you've ever seen any of them, are weird in the sense of I actually don't know what I'm painting as I've started. Uh, and it kind of just it becomes something eventually. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I am with everything. I like the idea of I'm in control of what it's going to be, but I don't need to know yet what it's going to be. I'll work it out as I go along. That's how I do a lot of things. It's how I explain a lot of stuff to people when I'm talking is I don't know what I'm going to say to them. I just kind of, as I'm talking, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Which not, not to interrupt, but just because uh, you've, you've said it. Um, I think that's why we're quite different. You will start a conversation and just flow with it. And sometimes it's lengthier, um, which I like, I'm not criticizing, but sometimes you will talk for a long time about a particular topic <clears throat> Whereas with me, I think I have to have it planned out before I say it, which is why I talk less. Um, but we've we've spoken about this before. I kind of have to know exactly what I'm going to say before I say it. And then I get it out as sort of, I suppose, concisely and coherently as possible. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I get annoyed by things that have a a set answer, I suppose. So like we've talked about interviews before as a yeah. prime example. I don't like the interviews. They expect you to answer things in a certain way and they're looking for certain things. I don't like that. Uh, one of the things I used to do, uh, which I suppose is an example of this, is when I was at university and when I was at school, you only had to give a presentation. Yeah. You used to have to get up and talk about a specific topic. Yeah. I did not like to practice or know what I was going to talk about before I started talking in presentations. I couldn't do it. Uh, I couldn't think about it. I couldn't work out what I was going to say. I couldn't do like whatever thing. So what I used to do is I never used to write down what I was going to say. Uh, I never used to learn what I was going to say. I kind of couldn't really because I can't really read. You know, like we've talked about this before. I can read, but I can't read in the sense of I can't read books. I can't read things. Um, every book, all books that I, li I listen to books, I do audio books. I can't read physical books. I don't know if it's the ADHD thing, but like when I start reading, it's impossible. I get about three sentences in and then my brain just starts thinking like, I'm bored of this. Let's think about something else. But yeah. I'm still reading. So part of my brain is still going through the words, but I'm not absorbing them in any way. So I'm just, I'm just, it's like reading the ingredients to something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I am reading something, but I'm not really reading it. Uh, and so I just lose focus completely. Um yeah. And that's that. With the exception when I'm writing, for some reason when I'm writing it doesn't happen. But I guess that's because my brain is thinking about what I'm writing at the same time as I'm writing it. But with presentations, I couldn't ever research or know what I was going to do. And I never, there was no point me taking like a script up or 
the bullet points. You know, people have the little cue cards oh, yeah. with the bullet points. I wouldn't read them anyway. A couple of times I tried it, but I wasn't looking at them. So I just thought, what's the point? And sometimes, because you've seen me when I read stuff out, I'd miss bullet points out. Yeah. So I'd be reading it. So when the practices I'd done with people, because you're supposed to practice it, I'd miss three bullet points out and then get to the end of that topic and go, oh, wait, and then also, and go back up again. So yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. And I'd get too distracted. So what I used to do is I'd get a gist for the thing we're supposed to be talking about, not write down what I was going to say, go up in front of the class and just start talking about the topic. Nothing written down, no cue cards. I'd just start talking. And sometimes it went really well, sometimes not so well. But the thing I always got marked up on was because they were just like, you weren't reading anything. You know, you'd obviously yeah. memorised it. Like, you'd uh, you'd done really well. But because I'm used to just making stuff up as I'm talking, my brain now does it in a way that is really coherent. So it looks like, it sounds like I'm not making it up. Yeah. So sometimes I just get marks. So it's like, you kind of went off topic a little bit. And I think you misunderstood what we meant in the brief about this. But all in all, you were good. Or sometimes they were just like, yeah, that was great. You know, and you were the only one that wasn't reading from something. You'd obviously revised it. You'd obviously memorized it. Like, well done. And you see it that a lot. And I'd just be like, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. But then when people would say, yeah, you did really well. And like, how you know, this was good and that was good. I genuinely, as soon as I'd sat down, could not remember what I'd said. Like, I'd sit down and they'd be like, yeah, well done. I like this bit and I like that. And I'd just be like, yeah, I think I talked about that. I don't really... Uh... And that's how I do everything. And obviously, like, with maths and the things that you like, where it's rigid and there's, like, a one solution. Yeah. I hate that, especially if I can't see it. Because then, if I can't see it, I feel like it's wrong. As weird as that sounds. It sounds kind of, like, I guess, a bit, like, egotistical in the sense of... But if I work out a maths equation and the answer I get is the answer I get... And then my math teacher would have been like, this is not wrong. I'd be like, no, you're wrong. This is what it is. Yeah. Even though like, you know, it, it couldn't be. And then you've had that conversation with me before where I've gone, no, it is that. And you're like, no, it's not. And I'm just like, no, but it is that. And that's yeah. how I am. Like, I can only get to stuff of my own thought process. Yeah. And I can't follow other people's stuff. And therefore, I don't like things that are too rigid and have been made up by somebody else. Because if they're not the way I think, then I can't follow it. And I find it frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I I think what I was going to bring up, because I thought it was quite interesting, I suppose, is that, I mean, we've both said it before, that we don't really see gender. Um, it's not something that... I suppose it's just not something that's high on our radar, because we're both, we're both like this, and we've spoken about it before, Um privately I, I think we've briefly mentioned it on the podcast but when I see someone it doesn't appear and not, like we've spoken about it with other things it's not just gender it's also like race um sexuality and no religion do you know what I mean it's it's all these things it's not something that is like a person is a person I suppose the only thing that I do notice is species I'll be like human talk, but even then, you know what? I would probably talk to a human the same way that I would talk to a, a dog, the snakes. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I will talk in the same way. So it's, but I suppose I, I do acknowledge that it's a human being. It's a physical form. It's a human being in front of me. Um, but I, I mean, disability. That's another thing that I just don't see. I don't know why, but I'm. Just don't. I just, oh yeah, don't. you you especially on that one. 
uh, you don't notice disabilities in anybody, even the ones that would be considered like visibly obvious. Yeah. You don't recognize they're there at all. I recognize them. Um, you know, I, I see them. I understand. But yeah, you, you just don't, you don't see them at all. No, I don't. I'm, I just, I don't know what it is about me, but I'm really bad at just like stuff like that. Um, but anyway, like it's, it's not a thing that we really associate with people. I don't see someone and think this person is male or this person is female or, um, you know, presents in this way or that way. And I think it's why, like, personally, I don't necessarily, or I don't think we really, like, do that with ourselves either. So it's not like, uh, I would say that I um female in that I suppose I present as female um but I guess what I really mean by that is I don't present as male because I don't know that I really come across you know like I said like I don't make an effort to dress in a way that's gender specific or do my face and and hair in a way that's gender specific I just I suppose was born female and therefore I'm I'm comfortable with that. It's not a thing that makes me uncomfortable. I don't I don't feel like I'm in the wrong body or, you know, being given the wrong gender. But I don't categorize myself either into a specific gender if I really think about it. Like I don't pick something. You know like when you're younger and you're meant to I I remember when I was younger there was like a this is a weird example of it, but there was this lucky dip um, at a shop. You paid 50p and you got to pick a bag. And in the bag was some sort of toy. Um, but you didn't know what the toy was going to be. I loved this lucky dip. But they had, in the most stereotypical gender way, they had these pink bags for girls and blue bags for boys in this box. And you weren't supposed to, I suppose, pick the bag that related to your gender. Yeah. But it was never something that I thought about. And it wasn't that I always picked pink or I always picked blue I would just pick whatever but whenever I did pick the blue bags the woman would be like do you not want the pink one and I it wasn't I didn't even think no I want the blue one I just thought why and I I just and I think I would I would say I equally picked one or the other I didn't specify I didn't relate to that feeling and I never felt like oh I'm doing that and that's considered tomboy-y of me or that's considered a more masculine thing um but I I know that it's a big it's quite common for people on the spectrum to not necessarily identify in the same way and it's not to say that um everyone on the spectrum is gender fluid or transgender or I suppose cis is it cis female cis male it's not to say that that's what we are. It's just, it's quite interesting because I know it's a thing for you as well. And for other people um, that I've spoken to that are on the spectrum is not necessarily feeling that it's, I don't want to say relevant, but do you know what I mean? Well, I don't ever think about it. Yeah. So I, I just, like I say, I, I'm not, gender's not really one of those things that enters my head unless yeah. somebody else brings it up. Um, I don't think about myself in that way. So I don't think about myself as a specific gender. And I don't do that with everybody else either. Even if they clearly are, you know, showing me that they are one or the other, it's still hard for me to see it as a thing. And like you say, it's the same with a lot of stuff with me. 
like race and all that other stuff, you know. I don't really recognise the differences in people in that sense. Well, I I can tell if somebody asked me the question, you know, like, do you think the, you know, like if someone's dressed like a a vicar, you know, and someone yeah. says, what religion do you think they are? It's not like I'm like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know of them. And if somebody said to me, what do you reckon? Do you think they're male or female? Like, I could answer, I suppose. But it's, I don't really apply those things to people when I talk to them obviously I have my own ways of interacting with people and we've talked about how I see faces and how I stereotype people's personalities but that's not relevant to what gender they are because I can give both male and female people the same personality if they're dressed similar and they've got a similar face then I'll treat them the same way regardless of gender so I don't really I don't really see it and like for me growing up I didn't play with like girls toys and I didn't particular you know I didn't like do the things that the girls stuff you know I didn't read like girls magazines or anything like that but that's because uh, depending on what personality I was putting out there while I was out that's the one I would pick yeah so you know I mean like if the person I was while I was outside was the character I'd made up was male then I'd do the male things yeah you know, like recently, like it's the same with like buying clothes. Um, I own some stuff that are not male clothing. Um, yeah. They're not like dresses or anything that are like are obviously female. But yeah. it's stuff that I got from the woman's section of certain yeah. stores. Uh, and there's some stuff that you own that's your stuff that you got off like female like clothing sites that I've just gone, yeah, I like that. So I'll wear it. Uh, you know, I mean, like, and I don't feel like, oh, you know, what does that say? You know, like, and that kind of thing. I just think, like, I like it. It goes with what I was going to wear today anyway, so I'll yeah. wear it. Um, and, you know, women do that all the time where they all wear male clothing and no one ever thinks anything of it. So yeah. I just think, like, that's fine for me to do that too. So I do. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really get the whole male-female thing because I don't understand why you need to categorise it in that sense you know I don't get why you have to why you have to be this is this and this is that yeah and you can only do these things and you can only do those things and if you cross over that says something about who you are and now you need to redefine yourself as you know gender fluid or I don't see any of that stuff so like I don't really see if somebody is like gender fluid or non-binary or any of that you know I don't particularly see them that way either so it's not like yeah. I then recognise that they're this instead. I, it's not something that I just go, I'm, I'm, everybody's, you know, this to me. I just, it's something I don't think about and I don't apply it. And I don't really see why everybody needs to categorise themselves as something. Yeah, and it's not, it's also not in any way to discredit um, people that identify as a particular gender, yeah, like, including, want... including uh, transgender people. It's not in any way to say you know you you shouldn't um be transgender you shouldn't uh have come out as that or do you know what i mean it's it's not in any way to discredit that because i think obviously if you do identify in a particular way whether that be um me identifying as female strongly and uh or me identifying as male strongly it wouldn't be in any way to discredit that it's just it it's I suppose we're talking about the way we view yeah. Yeah. everyone. It's it's very interesting. Like I've never thought um 
that person is x and that like like we say it goes for more than just gender it's just incredibly interesting when i was reading these studies that we were doing before the this podcast to to get these you know feminine and masculine traits i thought it was very interesting because a lot of the traits they were mentioning i didn't feel i i can see why they've done it and obviously a lot of people that they would have I suppose done this research on would have been born a female and potentially be identify as female for the rest of their lives and vice versa with the males. Uh, but I did think, well, you don't actually know how they necessarily identify um, when you're coming up with these masculine and feminine traits. Um, but also it's just interesting because I don't know it's interesting to read this thing and I I understand that there is potentially these differences that they've recognised but when we were reading it we were identifying with I suppose the opposite of the gender that we present as. Yeah, my only logic towards this or the only way I can work this out is a lot of these things, these like categories that people put themselves into um, is because they're social constructs. Mm, yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm a burger and those kind of things, they don't make sense to me anyway. And I don't mean this. I don't mean like what you identify as or whatever. I just mean in general. There's yeah. a lot of social constructs that we've talked about in the past where I've been like, I don't understand why this happens or why people do this or why this is the thing you're supposed to do in these situations. You know, like being happy at Christmas, sad at a funeral. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like professional here and that kind of thing. They're all big social constructs that I don't follow because they don't make sense to me. Uh, and obviously, you know, people always say it's, you know, one of the descriptions I've always thought about Asperger's is it's like um, when you play a computer game and you skip the tutorial and then you don't know what you're doing. Mm. I feel like it's that. I feel like a lot of these social constructs, people already know they're there and know what they are and know how they work. And for a lot of people on the spectrum, you're just like, what? You've got to do what? I don't, where, why, why have I got to do this? And, yeah. I, and I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know if a lot of this stuff, what's specifically classed as... Do you know what I mean? Like gender behaviours. Yeah. I don't know if they're just social construct. You know, because people say like women are expected to be this way. Yeah. And men, you know, you've got to be like this if you're a man. And therefore I'm male, therefore I have to be a certain way. I mean, there's obviously a load of things happening now where like obviously there's women, are, you know, still trying to get equal rights on everything because there's still stuff where there isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's this whole thing with men now where, you know, like suicide rates in males are higher because men are supposed to be like the strong silent types and they're two particular social constructs that women are worth less than men and that men have to be a certain way in yeah. toxic masculinity they're like social constructs that are trapped onto those genders that i guess because i'm a burger i've never really seen those so i don't really follow them or understand why they're a thing yeah so you know when people explain to me that women are treated differently because they're women and they're seen inferior in some stuff, you know, I mean, not, not so much now, but you know, the way it was for me, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, you know, like looking at things like suffragettes and that kind of thing, I can't follow it because, you know, and it looks like I can't follow it because I'm a man. So why would I care? But really I'm just thinking, but why did that even happen? And it's the yeah. same with like men aren't allowed to be a certain way because they're men. And I just think like, but why? Yeah. And I think what is particularly interesting about it, um, for me is that before I knew I was on the spectrum, so when I, as far as I knew, I was just like everybody else, like again, in 
quotation marks because I know we're all different. But, you know, when I considered myself NT, I suppose, um, I never felt like I fitted in with females. Um, like I, I wasn't that girly and I didn't seem to share the same interests and whatever. So I felt like in the, I guess, NT society gender differences, I didn't feel like I fit in with the feminine ones. And that doesn't mean that I necessarily felt like I felt fit in with the masculine ones either, but I definitely didn't identify uh, with the female ones. And then to come into the burger world, I suppose, and look at myself on the spectrum, I still didn't feel like I fit in with the female Asperger traits. Um, yeah. So it's it kind of, it's weird because it's not just when you're on the spectrum, there's these female and male traits. It's when you're NT as well, there's these gender traits that are, I suppose, stereotyped and, and given. And I never felt like I fit in with either. Um, and I think the same with you, really, in the the non-Asperger, the non-autistic traits, when you're just talking about society uh, or neurotypical life, there are these traits that I don't know that either of us really fit into our gendered box, if you like. And it's not even that I felt like I fit in with the male box. I felt like I kind of, I don't know, like a Venn diagram and I was a little bit in the middle because I do have some more female traits and I do have some more male traits. But I, it's not something that I've ever really associated with, you know? Like I never thought, oh, well, you know, this is where I'm a little bit girly and this is where I'm a little bit manly. I just felt like this is where I am. This is me. Uh, well, I mean, in the male, so in the NT male world, I felt like I've never fit in. Yeah. So, like, same, obviously, actually. a lot of the NT males, like, you know, like they say, there's a lot of, like, not to stereotype, but a lot of the NT males that I know going to the pub, you know, like playing football, being into sport in general, yeah. drinking a lot of beer, you know, that as, as I got older, when I was younger, it was still the sport and that kind of thing and the football and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like I wasn't there and it did make me feel like I wasn't really like a man, you know, yeah. even now I'm, I'm always like, even though I'm like 35 soon, um, I'm, I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm a man now. I don't ever refer to myself as a man. Sometimes when I'm at work, some, you know, a parent will get their child to be like, okay, now hand it to the man. And I'm like, oh, they're talking about me. Yeah. Like I get a bit like that every time somebody says it, you know, you're a man now. And I'm just like, am I? Um, and I think that's because like when I tried to fit in with NT males, there is that, like, especially, like, because I grew up, like, you know I mean, like, 80s, like, well, not the 80s, I was five when the 80s ended, but, like, through the 90s, do you know what I mean? It's not like now where it's a bit more acceptable to be a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Like, back then in the 90s, like, men were men, you know? Yeah. It was still that whole thing. And it never felt like I fit in with them. I used to be able to mimic it in a way and mask in a way with when I used to interact with other males, but... I found it harder to mimic and I felt more uncomfortable because I wasn't able to do what I do as e as easily. I could do it to some level, but it was hard. Pretending to like football was difficult. Yeah. Uh, I remember buying football shirts and wearing them out as like casual wearing with people and feeling really uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to wear them, but I just thought this is what I've got to do. So I better do it. Um, You know, I mean, I had the computer game thing in, in, 
you know, I had computer games, which was the only like common ground we had. But even then, my taste in computer games was different to what they liked. You know, they liked like the Call of Duties, the Fifas and that kind of thing. And I prefer something with a storyline and like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Going on. So, you know, it was different, obviously, like nerd culture and that kind of thing took off eventually so then it didn't matter everybody liked a bit of everything so that made it a bit easier to interact with males but I found it easier to interact with females much easier much mm. easier but then obviously at that age when all your friends are female people start treating you differently because you're that guy that hangs around with girls you know yeah. and it makes it harder I mean now not so much majority of all my friends are the I mean still now the people I get along with best are female yeah uh, and I interact with females uh, women in general way better than i do with males males i still struggle with now i still find it hard unless they're males that are a bit feminine or you know males that aren't men men you know yeah so like yeah like to the guys that aren't standard male then i'm fine um it's it's not a thing but anyone that wants to be like an alpha male and be that way i struggle to talk to them or interact with them and most of the time i'll avoid them but in the burger world um i don't see male or female at all everybody's just a burger yeah so I, i've never felt like i'm in you know like you said that in the burger world you have too many male traits you know so you don't really see yourself as a female burger yeah. i suppose in the burger world i've never seen gender as a thing at all everybody's just a burger i i don't really see female burgers and male burgers everybody's just on the spectrum anybody on the spectrum to me is the same or all the same thing um i don't I don't go, well, you're, you know, this is a bunch of like female autistics and there's a bunch of male autistics and there's a bunch of trans autistics. I only even slightly recognize gender within the NT world. In the burger world, not at all. I've never, I don't, I've never even categorized. When I talk to anybody on our pages or anybody else that's on the spectrum, I've never once assigned a gender at all with them. And this trait thing's interesting. I don't feel weird that I have loads of female traits at all. Yeah, I just think that's funny in a sense of it kind of says, does the research really need to do that then if I'm, yeah. I'm male and I've got loads of female ones and you're female and got loads of male ones? I don't think it really matters. I feel like autism is autism. I don't think it I don't I, I'm not sure it develops differently depending on your gender. I think it develops differently depending on how you were raised. So it depends on how you're raised to what traits you'll have. And I, I don't really see that gender has a, an effect on that. But I don't know if that's just me basing it on my own personal experience because that's how it worked out for me. Yeah. And obviously, if you listen to this and think differently, like, you know, like let us know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not to uh, discredit anyone in any way. It's just, it's interesting because I guess we, is we, we've talked about it before, as I say, privately, but it's just interesting because the way we are is, I suppose, the more of the opposite um okay, of... you're much better with uh male nts that whole male nt world that's the the <laughs> proper male nt world like football and beer and you know lads that kind of thing you you can go straight into that no problem i like, love it you you're you've got no issue with that at all you're straight in there uh yeah like if it if with the two of us like i mean not that this is in any way like i again it's so stereotypical that it annoys me that it's even a thing but I remember, I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was like a couple of weeks ago, but it was like, oh, how was your weekend? And I was like, I think I was talking to my parents and I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. What did you get up to yesterday? Oh, well, I was watching the football and Nikki was baking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's like. Yeah. But, 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 but yeah, I feel way more comfortable around, I suppose, like, again, like, I don't really care with gender. Like, I'll, I feel 
roughly the same, but I suppose I feel like I fit in better around stereotypical males than females. Yeah, and I don't really fit in with, as much as it sounds, it's not the same for me, stereotypically, what's classed as stereotypically female or, you know, people that are considered girly girls, uh, I struggle. I yeah. Str- I struggle to talk to them uh, or interact with them in a way. It's kind of, um, I, need, I can talk, to, I get along with girls, but a lot of the girls that I get along with aren't traditionally that, with the exception of a couple, one of my best friends, I guess, was considered a girly girl, but not in the same way that you'd think, uh, but... Yeah, yeah, she's the only one, I suppose. Uh, but we got along really well. I just, I don't know, for some reason, I guess it is because a lot of my traits are female traits, I suppose, in that sense, that it makes sense that it would be easier for me to interact with females because obviously female burgers use those traits to interact, you know? Yeah. They, so, uh, so it makes sense that my traits would work better with other females in the NT world. Because they wouldn't work with males yeah. in general, unless it just wouldn't, would it? So it makes sense that a lot of my female, that a lot of my friends were female and I got along better with girls in general. Because, you know, the female burgers that carry those traits, they have them so they can interact with females better. Yeah. So it makes sense that mine would work better with females because I'm carrying the same things. I guess same as why you got along better with guys is because male burgers, you know, they can get along with NT males because their traits are geared towards getting along with NT males better, I suppose. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry if this has been a little bit, you know, confusing, but yeah, I think it's just just something that's quite interesting to us because I suppose it's something that does seem to come up a lot. Not that it's something that we necessarily care about, but it does come up a lot. um, Yeah. It is, I suppose, noticeable amongst us. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening again. Let us know what you think about this episode. Um, Yeah, if you want us to talk about it more, if there's stuff that we haven't addressed that you'd like us to. Because, yeah, it's such a big topic. And we kind of, I guess, went more briefly into things than we could have done. It's just there was quite a lot that we wanted to, I suppose, discuss. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the moment. Um, the only thing is, I will post these episodes. You won't find it on Twitter. So if you follow us on Twitter, it might be a bit harder. No, actually, no, I'll, I'll re-download Twitter. <laughs> but I will just log into the Them Asperger's account and ignore my actual one. Because I literally can't log into my normal one at the moment. I can't be doing with it. But um, So we're, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... Uh, me and Scott haven't been that present on social media. So obviously on the Facebook group, there is a group in there if you want to talk to anybody about autism or Asperger's or the podcast, whatever you want. There is a private group within the Facebook page if you want to go on it. Me and Scott haven't really been that present there. Uh, the reason being is at the moment me and Scott are moving uh, flat. And so <laughs> we're doing a lot of our spare time trying to get that sorted. Yeah. So that's the only reason we're not there. It's not like we're not bothered anymore. It's just uh, when we're not at work, that's what we're doing at the moment. So we will eventually like make you know more of a become more present there. It's just right now we're not. So we are. I am watching stuff. It's just yeah. I'm, I'm not really replying as much as I used to. Uh, so I can only apologise for that. But you know, still use it. It's still there. There's loads of people in the group if you want to talk to anybody. Uh, same with our Instagram page. We haven't posted anything in a while, but we'll be back on that soon. Uh, and there is an email address, which is themaspergers at gmail.com if you want to email us directly and you don't want to, or you don't want to use social media. Uh, you know, that's fine. And let us know what you want to do. If you want us to do an episode on the whole COVID-19 thing, we will. Um, yeah. That's not a problem. Like I say, I just 
I don't know where everybody feels about it. And obviously, if you are isolating or if you're not at work or any of that kind of stuff, I'm not sure if you want to listen to an hour of me and Scarlett talking about that. But yeah. if you do, let us know. <laughs> um, and if you want to continue the gender talk, we can, because obviously it's quite a broad subject and some stuff you can't just fit into, you know, the hour and or so that we do these episodes for. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, talk to you next week. Bye.